It's episode 246 of Kane's Cast. And Shane Willis, I just have the two best words I can say to you. Playoff hockey. It's time. It's time to crack open a storm brew. So we got a couple of days before we get to playoff hockey, but... A little weekend primer. Exactly. No hockey, just a weekend primer. Get yourself ready. Get rested. Want to thank our presenting sponsor of Kane's Cast Storm Brew from R&D Brewing. You know, this would be a perfect weekend. As you're talking about the primer, go visit the Seven Saturdays Tap House on Capitol. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you should. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, it's raining. I think it rain has stopped, this being Friday, um, after the Hurricanes have won the Metro Division once again. Yep. Second straight year they've won the Metro. Third straight year they've won a division title. Good team. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good team. Pretty good team. Back to back, fifty win seasons, over a hundred points. Again, it, it's a solid team. Now, there are questions, but every team has questions going into the playoffs. Shane, I mean, that's the the one thing that you're looking at. Now, before we look ahead, second best team in the league, by the way. Yeah, it's that's what the record tells me. <laughs> uh, although there's there's <laughs> Twitter tells me something different from the people who reach out, but I will look at. Going back on this season, uh, you know, not necessarily we have to do a full season in review, but if I were to ask you what player was the – we love to do the MVP, so the Hart Trophy winner for the Canes this year, if you had a vote, you, we can go first, second, and third. Uh, how would you cast your ballot for that? That's – boy – can I go in different times of the year? Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's I mean, because I think that's the thing. We talk about this team so much. Um, we talk about depth, and and that's really, to me, what makes a great team is that it's not always one guy carrying the ball because you're going to have those ups and downs, and the Hurricanes have had different players step up at certain times of the year. You have to start with you know, Sebastian Ajo, I think Andre Svechnikov, before he was injured at moments in the season. Marty Natchez, what, with what he's done with game-winning goals and the overtime and his breakout season. Brent Burns, new to the organization, but what a year he's had on the back end. And and then to me, the other guy that's jumped out and is really maybe at the top of my list would be Brady Shea and what he's done defensively and the goals he scored for this team, 18 on the season, setting a career high. Um but so many great stories, once yeah. again, from uh, a, a great team effort. If, if I had to go one, two, three, I, I think I would vote Marty Natchez just because of the, the four overtime game-winning goals and a breakout season for him. He led the team in points, so that could be the obvious one. And the other part you look at for Marty Natchez, 28 goals, nine on the power play. Yeah. Right? Just okay. another area that which we'll get into when we talk about the playoff matchup next week. And we're going we're gonna to talk about the power play because you have to. Yeah. Um, if Marty Natchez had, you know, five or six more on the power play, right? Now you're looking at a 35-goal yeah. season from the guy. Um, and that is definitely now as you look into the future, that's the number for Marty Natchez. 30-goal guy consistently. You mentioned the two other names that I'd vote for, Brent Burns and Brady Shea, uh, with what they did. And when you needed offense – you know, where were the goals going to come from? How the, the defense collectively stepped up. You got 36 goals out of two defensemen. I mean, that's that's impressive. And then the high-quality caliber defense they play in their own end. 
So that would be it. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, always worthy of a vote. Again, another 30-plus goal campaign, 36, two off of his career best, and he missed seven games this year. So you would have thought that had he played those seven, I don't know if he gets 40, but he probably gets two in those seven games. Right. I mean, he could get 40 the way he was rolling. Yeah. Um, and then that's the perfect comment, Mike, because you talk about the injuries to Sebastian Ajo for seven games. What did the Hurricanes team do when Sebastian Ajo was out? And we've talked about this. They won them all. Right. Jacob Slavin missing an extended period of time. What the Hurricanes games. do? They won them all. So that, that was unbelievable to me to think about that. That that is what I highlight the most, right? When you look at the adversity this team faced, and every team faces it. There's not many teams that went through an entire season and had their lineup just rolling. Yeah. Um, but to be able to do that with star players out of your lineup, and now that will be the question, if you will. And it's a valid question as the Hurricanes embark on the playoffs. Without Svechnikov, without Pacioretty, the team is built. It is what it is right now. How far do they go? But I, I want to bring up something that you referenced when we were talking about those players. Not having Sebastian Ajo, not having Jacob Slavin, that's usually when teams dip. You know, oh, Well, we, can, we understand why they went two and four in the six games without them or you know, why they were 3-3-1 three, three, and one without Sebastian Ajo. The strength of this Hurricanes group has always been the group, not one guy. And I, I know I've referenced this several times already, but I'll do it again. But Rod Brindamore said after the Andre Svechnikov injury, it stinks, but if we were counting on one guy, or that's why we were going to win this whole thing, we weren't going to win it anyway. And it's not. For me, it is, it's the collective. It's Stefan Nason having a career year. It's Jordan Martinook having a career year. Like, in, in my notes, when I, I fill my notebook, you've seen it for the game, and I have my reference points. Uh, for career year, I had an orange highlighter. If you had a career year in assists, points, goals, all that, almost every player had a career year. And you can say, oh, well, everybody careered it. Well, yeah, but they keep taking steps forward. The, the surprise to me, when we say which player would have maybe surprised you the most this year, I, I go I go to Marty Natchez just for he's the guy who I voted for the MVP that we just had on uh, the media poll of me and Shane R. Willis. But that surprised me as well because we knew the talent was there, but when we were going to see it, well, we saw it. And we saw it early, and then he fed off of it. And then another player, how about you, Sperry Code Kenyama? Oh, you read my mind. What chemistry? Because that's what I was going to follow you up with on Marty Natchez. You can't overlook what Kokinami has done this year. A career year for this young man. And I refer to him as a young man because he still is. Yeah. Um, but He's how 22. he has grown in the Rod Brindamore system and what is expected of him and what he brings on a nightly basis, you can see him continuing to build confidence. And you and I and Trip were talking yesterday as we were in Florida about usually when a team makes the deep run, your stars are stars, no question. Yep. But there's always a guy that elevates it and becomes the game breaker, if you will. And I'd put Yasperi Kokinyemi in the mix of that for the Carolina Hurricanes, of who's going to be that guy yeah, to score a big goal in a big moment um, to help them win more games. Okay, you've, you've been there, so this is where I'm, I want to talk to you more as a player now than as a, an analyst. Okay, let me flip the switch. Yeah, flip the switch. <laughs> but confidence in this league. You, there's a great saying, 
I've stolen it from several people, but you don't know you can do it until you do it. And you can apply that to anything in life. But I think in sports and high level athletes, like you were a star athlete, Shane, you scored 20 goals in the NHL, but when did you know you could do it? I got to think there was like a moment in that rookie season where was it your first goal or was it maybe when you got to eight or nine and you're like, no, I can do this. The thing that I've done my whole life, I can do this. For Jesperi Kotkaniemi, I think it took a while for him to go back to all these things I did coming up in Finland and the things that made me a the third overall pick in the draft. Maybe it got unlocked this year because he's going to look down and he's like, oh, I can do this. I, and 18 goals to go with what he put out there, 25 assists. Now, not huge numbers, but, you know, it's not Connor McDavid numbers, but you know what? They're the best numbers of his career. So that's why I'm asking you as a player, how much of it, it sounds silly, but is the confidence that, yes, my ability is good enough to do these things at this level? And maybe, just maybe, this year he's gotten to that. Yeah, it is a major factor that's, as you mentioned, as a player, it's hard to describe, but I can tell you there is a moment. And if I look back at my career, I go back to my rookie season and the final game of the exhibition season. Exhibition hadn't gone great for myself. Um, hadn't scored, I don't think, going into the last game. Maybe had one going into the final exhibition game. And I remember walking out to the ice before the first period, and I've told this story before, and Paul Maurice was behind me. And, you know, he called me, he's like, Wilbur. And I kind of turned as I was walking out because I had every thought in my mind was, am I going to make this team? Like, this is my last shot. Um, and he looked at me and he said, would you just shoot the effing puck? And I was like, what? And he didn't say anything else. He kept walking. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, okay. Is it that easy? And I remember going in the first period and the puck came over and it wasn't a high danger area. It was more the top of the circles over the right side. It's crazy how I remember these things and I forget so many other things. I have to apologize to my wife. She's so <laughs> mad at stuff like that. Um, but I remember it came off and it got to my stick and I didn't, it was in one motion. I grabbed it and I ripped it and it went in the back of the net. And it was the boost of confidence that I had in that game to go on. I think I had a goal and two assists that night, maybe two and two. But it was game-changing for me. And then you go into opening night. I got an f- assist in the first period. Sammy Kaplan scored. Then I scored in the second period. And I, again, if anyone ever asked me how I scored, I can remember it to this day. I actually talked to um, guys about it all the time. And I was coming down my off wing. And it was the shot I've done my whole life is shooting a far side top shelf over the goalie's glove. I mean, everything Brady Shea has done this year, very similar. <laughs> and I came down and it wasn't a question. I'm like, there it is. And I let it go and it went in. And when you get on that type of role, I love what the guys were talking about last night. And Brent Burns, who gives such detailed answers. And Hannah Yates loves talking to Brent Burns because he is very, not only intelligent, but he cares about what he's trying to say to our fans. And last night on the on the bench interview, you could see him looking for that answer, and he said, you just got to play your game. And I love that because in a player's mindset, and I thought the Hurricanes were able to do that, when things are going your way, you don't think. You just play. And so much into that is confidence, and you can tell when a guy's feeling it and when he's going. There's no hesitation. Um, and the team had that. There was a little blip in the third period for the Canes, but... They had that for that game last night against a very good Florida Panthers team. Yeah, and when that blip hit, it didn't 
deter them from doing what they needed to do. They had an answer, and then they had an answer 21 seconds after the answer to reestablish what was a two-goal lead that evaporated to go back to a two-goal lead. By the way, that was one of the wilder finishes uh, this season. (laughs) Outside of when the Canes in Winnipeg pulled the goalie and scored three to send a game to overtime. Uh, Or the comeback here against the Kings earlier this year. That was another one that was absolutely insane. But you you look at this team, and uh, now we'll get into it because the the regular season is over and the Canes, uh, from start to finish, were the top team in the Metro Division. Uh, But this wasn't the goal. They've said it. Uh, The goal isn't just to win the division or to just make the playoffs. It's to go deep. It's to win the the cup. That's what they're at now, and uh, that's where the expectation should be. I'm not going to try to temper expectations. I just want people to understand that where this organization was to now five consecutive years in the playoffs, three consecutive division titles, having won a playoff series five consecutive years, that's elite. There are a handful a handful of teams that can say that they have done that currently. And the only one I can think of off the top of my head is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because they and they haven't even won five consecutive uh, rounds in the playoffs. What I mean by that, remember, they got bounced a couple of years ago in the first round by Columbus. But, you know, I digress. Well, and you and I talked about this over a great Lunch, brunch yesterday? Brunch. It was a good brunch. Nice brunch, brunch. Uh, in Florida yesterday as we talked hockey. You and I talked about this because I love it. If your fans are argumentative and they're bringing things out, what does that show me? Passion. That you have a great fan base and they care, right? And they have yeah. that passion. You got to have that. But you and I, you made a great point. You're like, remember everybody, only one team wins. And... To make sure, as we talked about a few weeks ago, you got a seat at the table. Kane's got a seat, and it's glued to the floor, and they're going to be there, what I feel, every single year. You, you know, I love that analogy. You know, when you're there's a party and you wait to be invited to it, you're like, oh, am I going to get invited? Is, you know, Shane going to invite us to the party? Is this, yeah. Do we get to go? Uh, the Canes now host the party. They're part of it. Oh, I like that. You can't have the party without the Canes. I being can't there. wait to host that party on Monday. I know it's going to be. I need an epic crowd behind Hannah Yates and I for the pregame show outside. We'll be there. Quite sure there will be one. Yeah, it needs to be ruckus. I told her it was going to be bonkers, and she looked at me and I said, "I'm just going to leave it at that." Can you describe the ruckus? I uh, know <laughs> you have to see it. Well, it is amazing. I am waiting for. Uh, the the loudest house in the NHL to return, and it does come playoff time, where it will be the New York Islanders. So <laughs> the best thing about last night is knowing this is the team, this is who you're going to play. So what was your knee-jerk reaction to, all right, Shane, Canes win the division, and now it's the first round against the Islanders? Um, I'm going to go back to a word we just talked about, confident. Um, the Hurricanes have played the Islanders very well this year. But it's not an overconfidence either. I think it's a couple days for this team to rest. But you don't. I don't sit here and look at the New York Islanders and and say this is a tap in. No. You know, sweep away. Let's just wait for round two. Um, there's going to be some great matchups in the first round, and the Islanders have been playing well as of late. Um, a couple blips on their radar yeah. late in the season. You know, dropping that one in Washington um, with two games to go that would have really clinched it for them and give them a little bit of a breather, but. You know, they face similarities to what the Canes have, right? Matthew Barzell, 
not returning for the season. Their all-star elite player, very similar to what the Canes have with Svechnikov. They have elite-level players. They have strong defense. They have strong goaltending in Sorokin. But the Hurricanes, I think the way they play suits this first-round matchup very well. This team likes to also grind. So it comes down to really exactly how the Hurricanes want to play. Get in the trenches with us. We'll see who wins. Who wins those 50-50 battles? Who is able to make sure they play that five-on-five game the strongest to win the games? For me, every series, and when I say every, every series in the first round in the East, I can make a case for the other team winning. I really can. I can I can make a case for Florida beating Boston. You can. I can. I mean, I would listen, but I'm not going to believe you. I, I'm... Again, it doesn't mean that it will happen. Correct. I think Boston's going to win that series. But it isn't going to be, well, Boston's going to roll over them in four. Also, I think you and I discussed this last night in our car ride from the airport home. Um, Mike and I had a lot of discussions yesterday, yeah, if you were wondering. In it was depth. a great road trip. Um, that series is going to get ugly. I think that uh, Toronto and Tampa, the last game, was ugly down in Florida there this week. But I think Bruins, Florida will get... There's ugly and then nasty. I think that will take a nasty step. So if you're looking for some wild action, what, do they start Monday as well or Tuesday? They start Monday. They're in the same, same sequence day. as us. Yeah. So dial in on that on your phone while you're inside PNC. Maybe go split screen if you're at home. Canes and Bruins. Just watch us. Uh, I'm, I'm for that. I'm, I'm actually totally for that. Uh I know we're talking about the Canes here, yeah. but the reason why Shane and I had that conversation about the Florida-Boston series is there are enough guys on both sides who will do something stupid that will elicit a response from the other team to do something equally dumb. And that's why that series is going to get nasty. Florida's not going to go quietly. That's all I'm saying with that. No. With the, with the talent that they have, they will not go quietly. Although, them missing Sam Bennett makes them a different team right now, too. The Islanders missing Matt Barzell. Well, that makes them a different team. Well, the Canes don't have Andre Svechnikov. I'm sorry. I don't get into the injury game anymore. It's not who's not there. It's, yeah. It is who is there. And we have a bunch of questions to get into yeah. uh, on Twitter. Do the, are we going to do our breakdown of the checked boxes today? We can do that if you want to. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things ever. I mean, we didn't prepare for this, but we are dragging. Yeah. Uh, crawled in the bed. Last, crawled in the wrapper at about three. Yeah. You got, uh, you got me on that one. I got about three thirty, so and you actually had to drive home after. Uh, what did you do when you got home? I I can't. I don't. You don't sleep well when you. I don't home? sleep well when I get home, and plus, like you know, I I'm moving stuff around. I'm trying to be quiet, and then yeah. I'm like, eh. And I I actually nodded off on the plane, which that was a I a did weird as well for me. I shut it down. Um, the weird thing uh, about this playoff series is the Hurricanes won the series over the Islanders in the regular season. Take what you want to out of that. Uh, three games to one. That's, Solid. That's confidence. Just check the confidence box. They lost the they lost the opener. Home opener. Well, no. They won the home opener against Columbus. But it was after that 38-day uh, trip out west. It wasn't 38. It just felt like it. Oh, yeah. Uh, to come back and uh, play the Islanders. They lost 6-2 in that game. And then the Canes then proceeded to beat them the next three times. Take what you want to out of those things. I, I do try to take the mindset of once you get to the playoffs, zero and zero, regular season matters not. 
Does not. Uh, a lot of zeros on the board. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. But I look at, and let's check the boxes now. Okay. You want to go forwards? Let's go forwards. Okay. Not having Andre Svechnikov, clearly a minus for the Hurricanes. Not having Barzal for the Islanders, a minus for them. But up front, Carolina has more firepower and more players. Now, the Islanders forwards play their roles to a T. The dangerous thing about the Islanders is if they get the lead, you do not want to chase that team because they will clamp it down with the best of them. Similar to the Canes. Exactly. But Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Noah Dobson, who's on the blue line, J.G. Pajot, those are your top five scores. That's it. 75 points, 51, 50, 49, 40. Mm. Um, advantage, Canes up front. So I checked the box for the Canes. Check. Blue line. Check. The, the, Islanders, <laughs> have, the Islanders have a really good defense, Shane. Yes. Really good. Yeah. Noah Dobson leading the way. Ryan Pollock and Pitlick. Adam, Adam Pellick. <laughs> Pitlick? Who's Pitlick? Rem. Rem. Yeah, no, not no, here. My brain is just uh, neutral. No, this is Pellick. Yeah, it okay. sounds like Pitlick. Take him, too. But Pollock and, and Pellick on the blue line are, they're the, the Isles' top pair. Then Dobson is their big offensive weapon on the blue line. But guess what? Check the box, Carolina Hurricanes. Checking it. Uh, 2-0. I'm, I'm sorry. The Canes have, right now, all three pairs. I If you're Tim Gleason, you got to feel comfortable tapping any of them to go over the boards in any situation right now. Am I wrong? I don't think so. No. Thank you. Goaltending. This is an interesting one for me. Because who is the guy? We'll get into People have the question. Sorokin can be an all-world netminder. Yep. So I don't mind giving the, the box, checking the box for the Islanders on that one. But I, I don't think that the Canes, it's not like it's a huge advantage for the Islanders. No. I would... Um, I would probably agree, though. I would shade it more. Yeah, I, the Islanders. Way. I wouldn't, like you said, it's not a glowing. Yeah, it's not. Oh my God, I don't even have right. to think about. Well, it. Well, I think part of it to me is when I think about this is, you know, we don't know who the number one starter will be game one. If it's Freddie Anderson, I just don't know, right? Just because he didn't play last year in the playoffs, right? So that's what I mean. That's why I probably lean Sorokin, because. I could quickly swing that box back after game one and two, though, if Freddie goes like he did through the first 48 minutes last night. Um, if if this means anything to you, Ilya Sorokin in his career has played six games against the Carolina Hurricanes. Care to guess what his record is? How many games? Six. He has six decisions against the Two Kings. and four. Bingo. Thank you. Uh, 908 save percentage, which is good. 288 goals against. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. But um, he is a, a player who, and again, because we're not sure who the guy is for the Canes, the Islanders have good goaltending. The Canes have good goaltending. Slight, slight, like you said, shade the box yeah. for the Islanders. So you you move from there. The other part of this that then gets interesting is now we go special teams. We're going to go. PK will take the check. Uh, Let's uh, make it P easy. Yeah. <laughs> PK, do I even need to reference check that? Check Yeah. Carolina has the check. Check on the PK. Power play, 
I, I like the Canes power play more than the Islanders power play. Yeah. I think it's tied because they're both not that great. Well, that's – but the, the Canes power play, hasn't it given you, like, some flashes that it can be? I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, it's number one and it's right up there with everybody else in the league. I'm just trying to go with the fact that this is a, a power play that if the parts are clicking, they can they can be. Well, I'm never going to question the talent. You can't question the talent and guys that are standing there. But it, uh, to me, the power play comes down to production. of When, when you need that, which – and I'm only going to go back in the last two games. Yep. Right? Yep. Opportunities to – Put the dagger and end it. There was a chance last night in Florida, the dagger would have been over. There would have been no excitement yeah. in the third period. Islanders have scored 35 power play goals all year. Canes have scored 50. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm not checking either box. I'm checking the box. I'm not. It's in the middle. I am. No. Check. I'm oh, going to be stern hey, with these boys. You know what? It's in the middle. I, I like how, you do, how you're moving that. on the. It's, it's gonna, you're going to keep that in the middle. Yeah. Didn't you hear my tug-of-war analogy last night? Yeah. <laughs> it's a tug-of-war right now in the power play, and that ribbon is dead center. Well, all right, let's go with that. I'm not going to – let me go back then. The penalty I'm not gonna, kill, the Canes ran through oh, the end of the gym when they pulled. They've actually <laughs> thrown the Islanders through the, the other side. The poor little person at the front of the rope on the Islanders side got trampled. <laughs> so goaltending. I'm not going to check the box for the Islanders, but I'm going to move the flag right in front of – A couple of, dials to the be. left. Like one or two clicks. Yeah. So that's fair. That's fine with me. Uh, coaching, it's Rod. Check. Easy. Oh, look at that. Every every important box. Easy. Every important box checked by the Carolina Hurricanes. See you Monday. Thanks. Show's over. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Talk to y'all next week. Uh, what were you worried about? What was going on? I never was worried. <clears throat> but I I look at, at how this series is going to break down. Uh, Don Waddell said it last night on the broadcast with me and Trip. When you get to the playoffs for special teams, you want to win special teams. Like, if you win special teams, you're going to win your playoff series. You just really, at the end of the day, you want to be even. Love that. In special teams. Love that. That's a, that's a perfect analogy from the general manager because it's true. If your power play is not scoring, but you hold theirs to also zero, you're good. Yeah. Right? You're even. You take this team five on five all day long. Yeah. They showed it last night in Florida. The only thing about this series is the Islanders are sort of built for playoff hockey. They will be physical. They will shut things down. And they get a one line. And they will They will honestly will win this game 2-1. to one. That's it. Yeah, I wouldn't. They, they, won't, they will not try to open things up. No. Ever. That's why the, the key to beating a team like the Islanders that you know, get the first goal. Make them chase you. Well, we talked about the record and first goal for the Hurricanes last night. And it's so important. You talk about really any time in the regular season, but you mentioned it earlier about the Islanders. You don't want to chase them. You can't chase goals if they have the lead because they play so strong defensively. You mentioned a few of their defensemen that shut things down. Um, the first goal and first periods, which I have loved for the Hurricanes these past two games against Detroit and Florida, is exactly what you need to see. I don't think you need to come out of the first period winning. And I said this last night, but you want to have that strong start. You want to get that good mojo and confidence going, um, even if you're split after one. Uh, when the Canes have scored first this year, I don't know why this number is the way it is, and it's across the NHL. It's a, I mean, that just shows how hard it is to come back. 
45 and 4 when the Canes score first. 45 and 4. That makes no sense. Because if you score, what if you score two minutes into a game? You still have 58 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Islanders are, uh, while they are done with their their season, when you look at what they do when they score first, and we will bring this up comparatively because we have the stats, when the Islanders score first, they are 27-11-5. Yeah. Yeah. It's... One of the stats that will be glaring when we start the series Monday night. It's a focus. It is because it is that tug of war when the puck drops to open a game. Who gets that jump? Who gets that push, immediate push to gain momentum and get it going? Because it's a big factor. And the Hurricanes, one, will have momentum because of our great crowd as they step on the ice Monday night. And this building is roaring once again. Yeah. And as of uh, recording this podcast, we don't know much more than – the Canes play Monday and Wednesday. They're waiting basically for who wins the Central Division, Colorado or Dallas, to play out the rest of how the Timing playoff wise. schedule will look. You know, it's leaning towards right now. It's a 10 p.m. start on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost going to come across this table. <laughs> no. It won't be. No. 7.30 maybe. Maybe. but 7 I or 7.30. I think it's at 7. It depends on what they want to do with Boston. <laughs> Don't grunt at it. That's what they're going to do. I'm going to hold my thoughts. <laughs> you can hold your thoughts as much as you wish. But that's it. Um, but I, I just think it depends on what they want to do with the Bruins. Sure. Do you want to uh, you want to get to some questions? Oh, I actually do have this for you. Oh. I, I, it's been a while since I've had one of these for you. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. The Carolina Hurricanes will win this series on home ice in five games. Oh. I was that was my number in my head. I'll take it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I do like that. I do like a fiver. <laughs> a few more days of rest. Was that a fiver? I don't know. I'm delirious right now. <laughs> you and me both. What are we doing? I can't wait till I text you later. Going, you ready to do a podcast? <laughs> I'll be like, I, I was just sitting in your office all day. We were doing this. <laughs> we didn't do this. Uh, all right. The uh, the one thing before we get into the uh, into the whole kind of situation here for the playoffs and the fan questions you played for this organization you played with rod brindamore he talked about his job is to not get this team in the playoffs i i always remember it from his first press conference uh then to an interview we did at a fan fest and said you know what's the goal and a fan shouted make the playoffs and he goes no no it's not the goal is to be the best and with what this this franchise is now, and you being a part of it, and you're still a huge part of it, Shane, because you've grown the youth side of the interest in hockey in this area. Can you just explain what kind of run this is, like what this means to the guys who did wear a hurricane sweater that you know people are now, and and you identify your playing career as a Carolina Hurricane, what it means when people look at you, oh, you played for that organization. It's got to be special, right? You have to enjoy it. Yeah, I think for me and. I'm going to go back to something my former head coach and Paul Maurice talked about yesterday, and we had a great opportunity to speak with him after the media trip yourself and I in the hallway, just reminiscing um, about 
the organization and we were talking about the outdoor game and where the team is and the organization is as a whole. And he made a great point to go back to how far it's really come and how far it's grown. And there isn't one person you can give credit to because there's been a lot of boots on the ground and the fans are getting thrown in that bucket of the work and commitment they've had to this organization. And now that you have that relevant spot every year near or around or at, which has been at the past couple of years at the top of the league, second best record this season to truly enjoy the hard work that goes in every single day. And I think Rod's known that from day one. He hasn't changed the way he does things since he played. Right. But I mentioned this on another podcast a few weeks ago with you, Mike, that that now bleeds and runs through this organization as a whole, the hard work through every single department, because everyone in this building deserves credit um, of what happens here. It goes from ownership through the management, through hockey operations, um, all the way to our fans. And our fans aren't definitely not at the bottom because they're a huge piece of this. The fans are a huge piece of what happens in this building each and every night and what these players play for. Um, and you have to have that. You have to build a passion and culture of what your organization is. And I think for a long time, the organization kind of knew where it wanted to go, but never really kind of took that stand with, this is how it's going to be run. Mm -hmm. This is how we're going to do this. This is where we're going to spend. These are the players we want. And now that you have that, and it takes a while. You ask any organization, the Vegas Golden Knights were the only team to jump into the NHL and make a splash. Tampa Bay wasn't there for a long time, but they made a switch of what they build down in Tampa with their fan base. And you can look around the league of teams that are now relevant, and you look at how their organizations are run and how their teams are coached. And to me, that's what you have to be proud of. I just sit back and talk with the other staff around and the proud work that we put in each and every day to just be a part of this great team that Rod Brennamore leads each and every day with his players. Well said. Thank you. No. Hit the button. Thank you. Thank you. Just did. All right, let's get into this. We've got uh, a bunch of, speaking of those fans. Here they come. And this, by the way, is not a, a platitude. I don't blow smoke when I say this. When did you send this out? Oh, this? Sent it out uh, this morning, I think. Maybe last night. <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> this morning was well when we got in this morning was actually literally this morning when I sent it out um but no no team in the NHL feeds off of their crowd the way that the hurricanes do off of this group none not the Rangers not the Bruins that's the one thing I was sure. not Montreal <laughs> I'm gonna give kudos when I go talk about the organization to our staff here and parking because Florida might have been one of the latest arriving crowds I've ever seen like with the start of the game I thought I thought to myself, someone told me this was a sellout. And it was pretty empty. Well, It was midway through the second before it looked full. Well, two things. One, rain. And two, no one lives in Sunrise, Florida except for alligators. Yeah, there was a ton of fans checking in the hotel as we were checking out. Yeah, just just pointing that out. Didn't see any gators in the stands. No, they, they paved it. <laughs> it's a gator trap. Here's a good story from yesterday before we get into the questions. Let's go. We have our pregame meeting at 3 o'clock for production. And I decided, you know, I hadn't, 
unusually I'd slept in that morning. I was tired when we got into Florida. So I didn't get in my exercise, if you will. So I said, during our meeting, which doesn't last long, I'm going to go for a walk, yog. I believe it's a silent J. Um, So I headed out, and in typical Florida fashion, Trip told me this little path that got me into this neighborhood was a nice path to go on. And I'm going, I kind of looked up, and I'm like, it wasn't really cloudy. But anyone who's lived in Florida knows I can take a quick turn. So if you ever want to look like an Olympian runner, head out in the afternoon of Florida, and when you hear the first bolt of lightning, you should see yourself run. Because... I was Usain Bolt <laughs> back to the hotel. It was a solid run, but I looked like I knew what I was doing. Let me, let me just, Only to myself. Everyone else going by was like, that guy runs weird. <laughs> let me just put it to you this way. If that was me, one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but two, been nice knowing you. Uh, I have the lottery odds. I'll be getting struck by lightning. Would you have stood there and take the bolt of lightning or jumped in the pond with a gator? Ooh. I don't know. Would you rather? Oh, this is a terrible choice. <laughs> I've watched enough Crocodile Hunter to know. Let's go. If we're going to go out, what a story is it? He, he, how'd he go out? He got eaten yeah. by a gator. Yeah, it seems a little better. bit That seems a little bit more... Uh, we can't say he got hit by a bolt of lightning. Well, it seems like a little bit more of a better story than, you know, yeah. he got struck by a bolt of lightning. Yeah. So, did I tell you the, the funniest story this year from Florida? I don't think so. About the bus ride to the game, the, the first first game this year down in Florida. So you're familiar with the TV show The Golden Girls. Yes. Right. So we're at the we're we're getting on the bus and we're heading over to the rink. And there are a couple of buses that leave at different times. There's an early bus for the players and then there's a later bus for the players. And I try to get on the earliest bus that I possibly can. I don't think this was a preseason game. Because we did play a preseason game down there. So it was either the first game we played down in Florida or, or the preseason game. And I get on the bus. I'm sitting on my seat. And there's a, a group of, of mature women outside the bus. And, of course, you know. This is at the hotel. This is at the hotel. Okay. And the players are walking by. And a, a, a woman I can only describe as Blanche Devereaux <laughs> becomes taken by the boys as they're walking by. And up front, it was Dylan Coughlin, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, maybe Seth Jarvis, I'm not sure. A couple seats from that. And this woman proceeds to walk onto our bus and go, well, where are you all going? <laughs> and Dylan Coughlin goes, oh, we're going to a hockey game. Oh, a hockey game? Are you coming back? Like, this is going on. She threw it out there. Oh, right out there. <laughs> I'm like, the Golden Girls is real, and we have just lived it. <laughs> And she got off the bus, but it was something where everybody just looked at each other like, did this just happen? Did we literally just have this uh, Mrs. McGill moment? If you've seen the movie Youngblood, you know what I'm referring to. If you're back before 8 p.m., give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go in and have a great double tree cookie and some tea while I wait. If you uh, if you want to meet up at the TGI Fridays at five thirty for dinner, we will be there. But it was, and I, I think it took a second for a couple of the guys to realize what was going on. But I mean, that's the that's the beauty of one that state. And I'll leave it at very limited. Uh, that's the beauty there. She just right on the bus, no cares. Tip for all you people out there: have no fear. 
right. Slay it online. I, I will give you this. If she would have sat down on the bus, I think we would have taken her to the game with us. <laughs> no one notices. Whose mom is that? <laughs> Whose grandma Who's, is on the bus? Yeah, it was. I, I kid you not. It was Blanche Devereaux. That's it awesome. truly was. <laughs> if if I didn't know that Rue McClanahan was no longer with us, I would have believed that's who it was. That's amazing. I uh, just wanted to end that with a happy story before we get into uh, the questions. If you're ready, here we go. Houston, we have a problem. Two-parter. What time will home playoff games most likely start? Seven? Yes. Uh, and then for Shane, are you annoyed by the people who scream, chant, let's go Canes at you while you're trying to present? Oh, look, Shane is presenting himself. Uh, are they just trying to get on TV? Are they trying to sabotage you or be funny? I'm lost here. I don't think they're trying to sabotage you. No. they. It's surprising to me that, one, everyone wants to be on television. That's why they're there. So they want to be on television. If I, well, I'm on television, but if I wanted to be on television, I would try and act, I mean, normal, classy, I guess. Oh, thank you. Would be a way. But, I mean, they like the energy. We love when they cheer. I wish they would cheer and then go silent so the people at home could hear us yeah. um, and my analysis more. But surprisingly, that is the most asked question I get. Yeah, Hands down. I wish I had a nickel for every time someone asked me that. Um, I actually like the energy. It helps me standardize myself sure. and what I'm talking about. So it doesn't really bother me at all. The only time it's ever like caught me off is if I happen to look over my shoulder and then I'm like, wow, what are you up to back there? Yeah. So I try not to look at our monitors or to my right to see anything that's happening. Because people always ask me, did you see that guy? I'm like, no, thankfully. Yeah. Luckily, Hannah Yates has two earpieces. Yeah. So she can block out most of that. And what a great job Hannah's done. All Phenomenal. Year. What a uh, rookie season. Oh, my. I mean, rookie of the year. Oh. I, I mean, if she doesn't win the Calder, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, my vote's but, in. But you and I kind of were at the beginning stages of that, where it really was getting wild. Uh, the only thing I wish people would do is understand that sometimes when you guys are talking to somebody on set, it's something serious. So somebody who's like grabbing a pretzel and eating it and making a stupid face while you guys are talking about a serious subject yeah. in North Carolina or with hockey or with somebody. You know, it, but they don't know what's going on. They just want to get on TV. It will be a little bit better in the playoffs because we'll be outside. Yes. So we but, can keep people further away from us. But, like, the remember the ice cream theft thing that yep. was on my watch? Yeah. And people were like, did you know? I'm like, I, I never looked behind me. Yeah. Because if I did, I'd never be able to do my job. <laughs> it would be a short segment. You go back and watch sometimes, and you see stuff, and I know you have to be like, because I'm watching it while it's happening going, my goodness. That, Okay. <laughs> Just remember, people, it's, you can't get it back. Once it's on air, it's forever. It's forever. It is forever. And then someone's going to take and put it on social media. Doesn't bother me. Stay there. Stays there forever. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Wagner, is there an etiquette slash rule for a defensive player to push or check an offensive player off the puck at the blue line? Clean, no. Cleanly? Yeah, clean hit. Yeah, just don't uh, hit him in the face, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't stick use down. Your, stick down. Stick down. Stick on puck. If you look at the... If, Official way that we, you know, talk to kids about checking. Your job is to separate the player from the puck and create a turnover. Yeah, if the puck is there, you can hit them cleanly. Just yep. don't hit them in the head. Yep. Right. I mean, let me know. I might be oversimplifying it there, but if you're coming at me and you have the puck and I'm on the blue line and I'm going to go stand. If I 
hit you through your chest and separate you from the puck. Yeah. That's a clean play. One thing you always have to remember, too, when you talk about etiquette, and I think more technique for me, is you never want to be standing still. Right? You're standing still. A guy's coming at you. A good chance you're going to take a penalty because he's going to move enough to where you just get a piece of him and he falls down, then that's tripping, interference, whatever you want to call it. So you always want to watch and make sure the defensemen are in motion, either taking a couple of steps back or if they're laterally moving to make sure they either get – you have to get one or the other, especially at the blue line. You always have to get the body or the puck and create that turnover. If you don't, that's when things get a little bit hairy in your own zone. All right, so there is a ton of this. Uh, we will sum it up with Dale Belvin and Samurai, fifty-seven sixty-four. Not a bot. Who gets called up from Chicago as a depth piece with the Wolves out of the HL playoff contention? Who do you think the Canes Black Aces will be? Uh, I think that you're going to see a guy like Max Lejoie get called up because of his NHL experience. And on the blue line, I think Jamison Reese will more than likely get called up and be one of the black aces. Clearly, Piotr Kochetkov will be the third netminder for the Carolina Hurricanes because of his experience. So, yeah. I mean, you can run down the list of... It'll probably only be... What would you think? One, because you, I think on the defense, too, um, depending on signings and things like that, does Moro come in to get the experience? I don't know about the Russian defenseman, if that's even an option. No, I, I don't know if you can get him <laughs> out of the um, KHL right now. And Nikishin, Alexander Nikishin, who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't think there'd be many, just because the Canes already have two extra defensemen, right. in Coglin and DeHaan. They only have one extra forward. So could you see Malty Stromwell, who is a little bit of an older player, sure. who came across and... Um, maybe Vasily. those things grow. I think more, not only the players in Chicago, but more when junior players end because you want them to come here and get that little f- fire in their belly and experience. Work more with Bill Burnison and the off ice crew. We saw it a little bit yesterday in Florida. They had a newly signed college player on the ice uh, with Patrick Hornquist, who's been dealing with uh, long term injury. But just watching them, yep. what you want is one of those older guys around to to teach these kids yeah. things. Right? And, well, I mean, you'll have a, a veteran forward who's going to be an extra who can do that as well. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if Vasily Ponomarov is. And if, if somebody is injured, like if they've gotten injured in the last week, I, I know that we try to stay on top of this, but sometimes you get your focus. And with the travel schedule we've had, it, you don't find a, a way to get everything come your way. But I think that's what you'll see. I think you'll see, if we can go generic, you'll probably see two forwards, maybe three, and maybe maybe a defenseman. Yeah, maybe two of each and, and Kochekov. Yeah, so... That will hopefully answer everybody's question about what will happen here uh, as far as the depth pieces go. This is from D. Patrick. Dan Patrick? No. No. He's, he's a Kings fan, by the way. If Ronta is the starter in the playoffs, who would you rather have as the number two, Anderson or Kochetkov? It's not a question. Anderson's your number two. Frederick Anderson is your number two. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that's a question at all. Um Look, we all know what Piotr Kochetkov can do if you got to turn to him, but he's the, the third goalie right now on the on the depth chart. Doesn't mean he's not good. Right. Doesn't mean he can't play. The other two will get the starts unless something goes straight sideways. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind. So, But to take that to a different route, I'm comfortable with any of those goaltenders. Correct. I mean, obviously he believes that's D. Patrick believes Ronto will start game one. I'm not too I'm sold not, on I'm that. I'm not sure on that either. After what? You know, Freddie did what I said for 48 minutes last night before the, the third goal of the Panthers went in. So, you know, I don't know. That's again, I'm glad. I don't, that's one decision I'm glad I don't have. You know, it's up to the head coach who we fully believe in and who he'll go with Monday. 
And he's not going to tell you. Yep. And Paul Schoenfelder, the goaltending coach, who has everyone keep on wondering that. and keep asking Mike. We won't know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Just keep tweeting him. Just keep keep tweeting at me, and I'll I'm more than happy to respond to it every time with different answers. Yeah. Uh, this is from Ross. You knew we couldn't do this without Ross. For you both, at what point or points this season did you just kind of sit back and reflect and say, "Wow, I am so lucky to be involved with this team." It might not have been a game or a broadcast moment. Uh, for me, it was the outdoor game. And the moment right before the team came out on the ice and looking around Carter Finley and just seeing all of what was going on with the excitement and the fans and that moment. That's that's a moment that I will take with me forever. Yeah, that's one of those pinnacles you talk about in the organization's history. I'd probably go back to something just the other night when we talk about the growth of this organization and this fan base um, against Detroit at home, the final home game of the season, when the graphic goes up on the board and this franchise has set a record for 31 sellouts. 31 out of 41 sellouts. I played here in 2000. I'm not sure how many we had. It wasn't 31. It was less than 10, I think. So that to me, to see that graphic go up, it kind of, it was, like he just said, it's one of those moments you're like, wow. Right? Yeah. Look at look at what this city has rallied behind and what this organization has built for this city. You want to go back to uh, a goaltending question or do you want to go back to uh, X-Factors? Goalie, because X-Factors will take us a little longer. Any worry about Anderson going into the playoffs? This is from Drew Lawrence. Lots of soft goals lately. Nope. Should Rance get the start, or do you think Rod will have faith in his number one? Well, I think the funny thing is Rod will tell you, much like his power play units, much like his lines. He doesn't have a number one. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't label them. Uh, I think that Rod has faith in whoever he puts in the blue paint to be the guy to stop pucks. And I, I don't – I honestly – I don't have any worry about Frederick Anderson. I just don't. And – what he says is truth, right? When you talk about a couple soft goals. Mm-hmm. But what I focus on, I think what fans have to look at, is Auntie Ronch has been very good. Teams have been play, played very good in front of him as well. But I look at how the rest of the game is gone, right? A couple of soft ones. It hasn't been an onslaught of like, he just let in three and we just lost this game. Freddie has bounced back after those goals. You're going to just strictly look at the one last night in Florida, right? The longer shot from the blue line that was the Panthers' third goal. No, sorry, second mm-hmm. second goal. That's the only one that was soft to me. The first, Lomberg's was a rocket after a misplay behind the net. Hard to recover. And then the rebound goal was a, you know, a breakdown. No one could right. find the puck. He gets hammered into an empty net after he makes the first save. So I just think the positivity is how he's responded yep. after those. All right. I, I hate to do the remember this, but one of the things that frustrated me the most when I used to host the postgame show on radio was when people would call up and say, Cam Ward led in a soft goal. And I would then have to tell people, you're forgetting the 10 saves he made <laughs> right. that were unbelievable. Oh, the keep, right the right to left save last night you called perfectly. But to keep the team in it and 
no one's perfect. And some the Duclair goal is the one that I think you're talking. That's the yes, one that the I'm Duclair goal. I think, I think that, that was their third? third. That was their third. Um because their first was Barkoff Hammers one. Oh yeah, off the rush. And then yeah. Lomberg tied. And then Lomberg has Yeah. Now if you want to question Anderson on that play, he kind of hesitates playing the puck. Yeah. It allows Gudis to take it away from him and then Lomberg's out front and he hammers it. It's the Duclair goal, the third one. Yeah. What was um, Gudis doing up there, by the way? He had three assists last night. He was all over the place. Turned into freaking Paul Coffey. Oh, um, but much. it's uh, it, it's it always bothers me on you let, and it's easy to point to the negative. Well, it's easy to point to the goalie all the time. But it, it, when you say that, I'm like you you totally dismiss the you know these moments that he didn't allow a goal where another goalie might have or would have or probably does. So. Yeah, I mean, I get it, and it's like anything. There's three positions you know in sports, Shane. Starting pitcher, why'd you hang the curveball? Quarterback, why'd you throw an interception? Well, you know, a lot of times if you throw an interception, maybe the receiver ran the wrong route. Um, Sometimes a defensive player is in a spot where they're not supposed to be, and it actually ends up working out for them. Um, It's just like, does anybody expect Radko Gudis to come charging in and chop the puck away from the goaltender behind the net while he's trying to play it? No. But happens. Shane, why'd you miss that putt? I don't know. It happens. I know why you missed the putt, Shane. <laughs> it happens sometimes. I know why you missed the putt, Shane. You know, the, the hole is the ball's home. It's natural habitat, if you will. Bags are packed, Shane. Send it there. Send it home. Uh, Kelly Leesauer, when a player is on long-term injured reserve, i.e. Svechnikov, Pacioretty, are they allowed to travel with the team so they can still be part of the experience? <laughs> that's up to it's up to the team though, right? Yeah, but I, think, I just love how that was described to enjoy the experience. Oh, they can still be part of the. It experience. is a motivational factor. Here's what happens when players are on that type of thing. Why they don't travel is because it's so much easier for them to take care of their therapy, right? Whatever training they can do, right? Here at home, right? With the doctors and therapists that are here in the city of Raleigh, because on the road, you have to remember. Doug Bennett and Matty Ayel are very busy with 20 other guys inside that locker room. So leaving them here alleviates that type of pressure. But also there's no reason for a player to go on the road, especially if they're not skating. If a player is injured and is able to mm-hmm. skate, then you'll probably see him on the road. These two players not skating, no chance. Margaret, if game one airs on ESPN2, do you all, do you all still get to call it? Well, here's something great. Every game of the first round is on Valley Sports South. Every single game. Game is one, two, three, four, and then if necessary, five, six, seven. Every one on Valley Sports South. So tune in. I can see if you're watching ESPN two or the plus or the Ocho. We get notified. We do. Shane and I, we find out. So Margaret, if you're watching Margaret, the Ocho. If you're on the Ocho. I'm just, I bit my tongue just now. <laughs> Let it go. Next question. <laughs> you really, you really are. I really, are, I started almost ripping into dodgeball. I was going to say, you are Pepper Brooks, and I'm Cotton. <laughs> I've seen a lot of amazing things in my day. Ouchtown, population you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Bateman and uh, Gary Cole, phenomenal in those roles, just so you know. Um, But, yeah, every single one. And then... Chip and I will call every game on radio because we simulcast after round one. And we'll look to have post-game shows 
during round two and that further and three and getting some yes. analysis uh, from the game. Bingo. This is from Eric. How do I let my girlfriend let me watch playoff hockey every night? Best friends for life. Five stars. Kane's cast. Two things. One, uh, make sure that you rate Kane's cast on wherever you can rate us, but on uh, Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Best friend for life. Four stars. Still really good friends. We'll probably go out to lunch with you. Three stars. We'll say hi to you. Two stars. Okay. One star. Don't even bother. So that being said, hold on. Take your girlfriend to a hockey game. And then she'll want to watch. One option. My thing is, I mean, I'm, trust me. First off, why I'm uh, very happily married, my wife watches playoff hockey every night. Yeah. Like when this, it's on, like. This is a tough time of year um, for mine because, you know, she'll come in and come past the living room when I'm not here. Right. So on Tuesday, what's on? And <laughs> for the first couple of rounds, you can watch hockey every night. For a long time, like back to backs from the West seven games. from seven till one a.m. Yeah, so I see your difficulty. Um, you know, I think you have to really question. You know, where's your relationship at? Yeah, where's your commitment <laughs> you know, in this? Because Eric. you know, is this going to be long term? Maybe you should step away. Well, my thing, my <laughs> I'm thing, Eric, not telling you to break up with her. My thing, Eric, what have you done to make your significant other a bigger hockey fan than what she is? Yeah, have you bought her a jersey? Yeah. Have you taken her to a game? Have you taken her to a playoff game? Right. Have you sat down and watched Hurricanes Live and have the you- in-depth analysis of Shane Willis and Hannah Yates and then the broadcast with Trip Tracy and yours truly? Have you introduced her to Stormbrew? That would be, I think, helpful. Right. Fine and presenting if sponsor. If one doesn't work, try two, maybe three. And then at the end of the day, she's asleep on the couch and you're watching the game. Just be responsible. <laughs> Problem solved. Come on. It's not that hard. Problem solved. Stormbrew, the official beer of watching Carolina Hurricanes playoff hockey. And this podcast. And, of course, if you need to find it, it's at your favorite local store. If not, ask for it by name. They'll get it to you. Eric, we've done our part. Good luck, Eric. We've done our part, Eric. Now do yours. Do yours. Biggest expectations in the playoffs. This is from Stevie. Who will be the key to the team come playoff time? And who is somebody who you think will be a surprise contributor as the Canes move throughout this series. This, Stevie's question, we're going to adopt this because I think we've got about 41 of the same way. Stevie, you win. Way to go, Stevie. There's only one expectation, Stevie. That's to hoist it. Yeah, that's the expectation. That's That's the team's expectation. Period. Period. What's the next question? X Factor. Uh, yeah, the, the biggest, who's the biggest key and then who is the surprise contributor? So who do we think is the key and then who's going to be that X factor? The key to me in playoff hockey always is goaltending. Uh, and, and, and I'm just going to leave it, I'll leave it nebulous. I'll leave it the whoever, because if the Canes want to go with a rotation in the, in the postseason, like they've done all year long, I don't have a problem with that. There, there's this whole, I'm going to try to break you, Mr. Old time Canadian hockey of you got to have a number one. and say, like That's the thing, right? you got to have the guy. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy. But here's my, <laughs> here's my issue with that. Everybody says you got to have this until somebody comes along and does it differently. Until you don't. Yeah. So a team hasn't won a, a Stanley Cup with a rotation like every other netminder, you know, or you go nope. in every other game. Well, somebody's going to do it. At some point in time. So if the Canes go with the rotation, that's it. I don't it. believe so, you, though. You don't have to believe me. 
but it's the truth. Okay. It's science. It's science. Look, man, I've made the Eiffel Tower out of metal <laughs> and brawn. You're taking the goalie. I'm going to say the offensive numbers from the defense needs to continue. I like that. Is my big factor, if you will. My X factor... Oh, like this game last last couple of weeks. I think you're going to say it, and I'm going to agree with you. Seth Jarvis. Yep. Mr. April. Look at his numbers in April. Yeah. That's what I'm taking. I'm with you. I don't know. I guess he would be a surprise because, you know, well, not somebody. Everyone's going to look right now. It's Natchez, Ajo, Teravainen. Teravainen was going to be the guy who I was going to, if I didn't go goaltending, I was going to go Tavo Teravainen. Yeah. Because you need, I think you need him to be, when you were talking about the, the story about your shot, somebody needs to go behind him and say, shoot the blank and puck. Yeah. And just move along. Um, if he's a guy who can be a point per game guy in the postseason, you're in good shape. Agree. But I am with you on Jarvis, although he did set a career high in assists yep. this season. So, yep. Uh, good for him. And I, I just love his game. <laughs> I, he, he plays like he's six foot four. He goes everywhere he needs to go. Love it. Uh, Justin Clark, have you started growing your beard yet? I am incapable of growing a beard. Oh. If I, I do, if I do, I would have had to start in November. Yeah. Mine's there. Yeah. That's all you get. Well, you got the wall trimmer set on one. Yeah. That is perfect. Also, you could put you could put on that beard right now. Yeah, our beards don't matter. Augusta, the, yeah. My beard, Shane's beard. Although Shane's had it pretty much the whole year. Uh, pocket squares, ties, none of it matters. Nope. The color you wear. Well, for Shane, do you have like the go-to suit? Like we need a win tonight. I'm throwing this one on. Nope. Okay. Neither do I. People think we do. No, we don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> Depends on what's clean. Prasanna Srinivasan wants to know, why have we struggled in the playoffs against teams with good power plays? Even though our penalty kill seems to be elite in the regular season, should we expect anything different this year with our PK? That's a solid question, but no. I think the PK has done, has taken steps forward. I think it's been elite for a couple years, and I agree with you, against the Rangers last year, they got those key power play goals at key times, and you lost the special teams battle. So I expect the penalty kill to be as good as it's ever been all year. Yeah. I don't have any reason to change my opinion on what the PK does. In particular, we have already pointed out that the Canes have a decided advantage over the Islanders Yes, in, in the PK. I think the one thing that comes down to it, though, the more you see something, the more you can find something you can attack. Yeah. I go back down to you look at the penalties. I can avoid that, right? Well, avoid that's, penalties. That's key. But uh, I, <laughs> I really, really think that, like, because people are going to look at Boston and the Rangers and their power plays, what they've done against the Canes in previous postseasons. Do you know what I can point to for those things? How many Hall of Fame players or great players are on those power plays? Right. That would be like. You grew up in Edmond. You grew up in Calgary, right? Edmonton. Well, Red Deer. Yeah, I mean Red Deer. I was an Oilers fan. I hate the Flames. Uh, understood. 
But that would be I'm like glad they missed the playoffs. That would be like Calgary Calgary fans saying, "We have a great penalty kill. How come in the playoffs we can't stop the Oilers' power play?" Uh, Gretzky, Curry, Messier, yeah, coffee. Just saying. And by the way, Calgary, look it up. They had great penalty killers: Al McInnes, Mike Vernon, Joe Newendyke, Joel Otto, Lanny McDonald, and his mustache that grew up his face. <laughs> Lanny McDonald. I do believe Yosemite Sam was based off of Lanny McDonald. Could be. Just saying. Big great stash. man. Great man. Great guy. Super human being. Yep. All-time mustache Hall of Fame. One of my grandmother's favorites. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. It was like a divided family for the Willis. I was Oilers. My one grandmother was Flames, and the other was Toronto. Why? I don't know. Oh. Oh. Tough. Oh. The only other thing I think would be worse would be a Bruins fan. I don't think there's any Canadian fans of Bruins. No, there's no way. Uh, Nate, which player will step it up and play the best hockey of the season during the playoffs? Sebastian Ajo. Like it. Um, we've kind of addressed Nate's second question, which who do we need to see step it up? Caleb Herrera, what do you think are some of the challenges the Canes will face in round one against the Islanders? Just how stingy they are. Uh, patience. Might be a big word for me in the in the first round will be Patience. Little Axel Rose, yeah. Wow, this was. I wish we were on the video portion of this podcast. That was the worst Axel Rose. <laughs> that really was bad. But you knew what I was doing. I'm confirming. Watching Mike just dance right now to Axel Rose singing "Patience." <laughs> <laughs> well, you have been walking the streets at night, just trying to get it right. Uh, what is the? I almost broke into singing there, and I will not do that. Uh, here's one. What is the? Was the greatest non-Canes playoff memory in both of your lives? This is from Chris. I mean, you were with Tampa when they won the cup as a black ace. Yeah. Yeah, I was there game seven versus the Flames. Exciting. Is that, I mean, is that it? Or is there something as a kid watching the Oilers win? Mm, I mean, seeing the Oilers win was exciting, but to actually be in the room, like to watch the guys bring it in and celebrate, like, it's a pretty cool experience. I mean, I... I go back to I worked for a coaching staff in the NHL and won a playoff series in seven games in overtime. Uh, Derek Plant scoring the game-winning goal over the Ottawa Senators in 1997 and being on the bench. I went on the bench and we yeah. celebrated. It was, I mean, that's as good as it gets. Uh, would have been great to win three more series, but uh, that's one right there. Uh Shane, your most iconic playoff hockey moment that shaped you as a player. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Mike, same as a broadcaster. I ran into a tree. <laughs> tree. Tree ran into you, too. Yeah. I didn't have I mean, that was the only playoff experience I had was that first year yeah. in the NHL. Uh, same as a broadcaster, iconic playoff hockey moment. I mean, I called. I'm the Jordan Stahl overtime goal over Nashville. Uh, Ajo's in the play-in, but they didn't want to call it a play-in postseason series. In Sebastian Ajo's in the in the, the bubble. Buble. In, uh, in the Michael Buble. In the bubble. Uh, that was the one. Um, so Chris Long, hopefully it's the former NFL player, uh, but it's not, I don't think, because he's posing next to something, and I think it's Penn State. Yeah, that's Penn State. And that does not look like Chris Long, son of Howie. No. 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 Although, 
question is first round series other than Carolina Islanders you are most excited for? This is a good question. And we got, there's still a couple of series that aren't set yet. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, the West can't excite us too much. You can get excited over the West, but it doesn't excite me that much. I think it's a coin flip for me between, he said other than Canes, right? Mm-hmm. Between Boston, Florida, and Devils, Rangers. Mine is Tampa, Toronto, Devils, Rangers. Can Toronto do it? I want, oh my, you, you don't know. Can I be a fan for one second? We're not supposed to be. You don't know how much I want Tampa to win that series. <laughs> you have no idea. You Leafs have, Nation. You have this, the, this is the worst time of the year to be a Leafs fan ever. Oh, yeah, just you have no idea. None. Uh, somebody wanted to know what process do you use, Mike, to determine which GIFs or GIF, heard both, do you use post-post game? Because Shane not on Twitter and social media. Thankfully, don't get on it, Shane. It is a cesspool. A cesspool. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have time for that. But I, all I do is I post, like, the record. I don't post anything, and then I'll put, like, a... Yeah. Um, generally, I try to put something tied with the team that they are playing, like the city. That would be not extremely offensive to a fan base. Like, I'm not trying, I'm not yeah. trying to hammer anybody. So, like, last night, Canes beat Florida, and I put up a picture of Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice. Yeah. What do you put up for the Islanders? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, Billy Joel, usually. <laughs> uh, something along those lines. Uh, we got to have a update on fantasy hockey, do we? Oh. Do we really? I, I, are we, fin- we might as well finish the questions before we get to this. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Lee Spongeon. Way to ruin the mood. That's Nick. He's fine. Well, he has a follow-up question. That's why. Okay. He wants us to redeem ourselves. Uh, Lee Spongeon, why do guys who have no shot at facial growth... <laughs> Try to grow facial hair. Be different. Be clean shaved. Change the norm. Uh, he Swing also, the norm back. How many years ago was no one growing a beard? Not in the well, playoffs. Was, I'm just talking in general. Everyone but, has a beard now. But, like, the Islanders were the group that started it in the 80s. I want to see a team go all dusters. Almost. No. I just want to see it. I don't. No. All mustaches. All lip sweaters? No. I'm not for it, buddy. Pork chops? Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> Chin strap. You just come down, do the Amish. No mustache, beard. <laughs> yes, no mustache. Yeah. Now I'm on. Let's do the Amish. So, maybe, maybe not. Uh, uh, Lee then also wants us to prioritize the goalies for the Islander series. Yes, they're a priority. I think you'd agree with that, Shane. Yes, he, he does. Uh, Kevin Kohler. Does the Hurricanes' offensive system, a lot of shots from the point, take a hit in the playoffs when every player sells out 100% to block every shot where they might not be in the regular season? No. No. Now I wish we had the video portion of the podcast for you for the face you made to answer that question. Chrissy, how many guys can we call up from the AHL now? 60. (laughs) 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 Couple, a few, a couple. I don't think there's a number, but you don't want that many here. It just becomes a distraction. I just like how he just pulled 60. Um, 
Coach Owen, game started getting chippy last night. Refs kept it in check in a playoff series. How much do the refs rotate in a series, or is it just one or two crews assigned to a series? Do they do their homework on the issues that have been happening coming into the game? Uh, they rotate the refs. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why they don't say. You'd like to see one yes. set stay with the series? Yes, because you know what you're going to get. Yeah. And they know, oh, this guy was taking cheap shots on, on Shane Willis. We're going to watch that now. Yeah. Um, but the other refs do their homework. They know yeah, what's going on. There's a lot of communication yeah. between those guys as a group. But it as rotates. A whole. Yeah. I, I want there to be, I want there to be, I want there to be tandems. Like if you and I were referees, we work together all year long. We're, we are the refereeing duo. Baseball does it. Football does it. I don't know why. So those the, crews are together all year? All year. Well, I don't know why the NBA and NHL do not do it. It's a great question. So, Let's ask Don Kowarski one night when they're here. Well, let, I'd love to. We could have a donut with him over it. <laughs> Google that, people. Google. No, Don, and speaking of great people, Don's a great guy with a great sense of humor. Sure is. Uh, all those years after that. Amanda, what are your favorite moments during the playoffs? Who do you think will have the most goals? Who is the better Sebastian Ajo? Sorry, I'm having my Ross moment. You guys are the best. She literally references a guy who tweets us. Well done. Amanda wins. Amanda well wins. Strong Bravo. Strong Jay. I forget her question. Uh, favorite <laughs> moments during the playoffs? Oh, Ever? Uh, I mean, if we're going to just go, no, I think, like, what are your game favorite one. moments? The team hits the ice for game one. The tailgating. Tailgating for sure. A game-winning overtime goal. Yeah. Winning on the road is always yeah, fun. Winning on the road is fun. Uh, who do you think will have the most goals? This is a good question for the Canes. Because we got a couple of options here. Like, normally you could just go, oh, it'll be some forward. But it could be Brent Burns. It could be Brady Shea. Yeah. Could be some something totally cool, something we didn't even know exists. Could be Jalen Chatfield. Could be Chatty. The man they call Chatty, Jalen Chatfield. Chat, the one-way ticket of Chatman dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love could that be, he's, I could love, be on. I love that he told Trip last night that he wants to go there. <laughs> we're going to go does. there tonight. Who doesn't? Um, who's the better Sebastian Ajo? I think we know the answer to that question. Although the Isle Sebastian Ajo has turned himself into a pretty darn good defenseman. In the league, he's a, a capable player, but I'll take the guy who wears the cane sweater. All right, who do you think will have the most goals? Natchez. I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo. Okay. So uh, that's fine, Amanda. And remember, five stars on uh, Google, just so we're all set. Uh, I think we have a couple more because they were coming in during this. Could be wrong, uh, but we're not 100% sure, but this is what we do. Uh, let me see what else we have here. If you are ready, I think we're all ready for this. We might have actually run out of uh, room here. Yeah, we got to go back to it. Sorry, Shane. We put it off as long as we could. Here we go. Got to have an update on the fantasy hockey. Also, will there be a Canes cast league for the playoff bracket challenge? If so, on which site? From Nick. Nick, no, there will not be a uh, Canes playoff bracket challenge. We have to congratulate Weekend at Burnsies. For winning the uh, Canes Cast Conference, was a juggernaut. Shane and I had one oversight in the draft, and I think it was a good strategy for everybody against us. As Shane and I kept looking at players, going, "Why we can't believe this player is still here?" We forgot to draft goaltenders, which is important. But we did make a what we thought would be a quality trade 
But I hate you, Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> Although we did trade a guy who got hurt, though. Yeah. Far as all. That yeah. was it. That's, you know, one of, one of those trades where it works out for both teams. That was one of those trades didn't work out for anybody. And you just wanted to dump him. And then considering we got Markstrom, we should have just done it. Are we uh, giving out full names or we're just saying? Uh, we can't give out the full name. The winner. Congratulations. Yeah, sure. Stuart Willard. Well done. Uh, Stuart deserved it. He was, he was phenomenal. All year long. Second place went to Shannon Archer. She was great. Took us out in the semifinals. Although she talked all this smack to me all year long, uh, direct messages. Well, she backed it up. But th- No, but then I went, hey, you know, you had a heck of a year. Good for you. No response. Crickets. Crickets, because she didn't win, but Shannon did great. Uh, Colin, we have to congratulate who somehow he gets third place, even though we tied in the third place game. Doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. I say we tied for third. I'm taking that to everybody. You know what? I don't want to share the bronze medal. Go have that. You can have it. Go have that. Um, But overall, it was a uh, phenomenal year. You look at how everything shaped up. (laughs) Worst player in the league was Hunter Pope. Wow. Enjoy Connor Bedard. Is this when we tell him we have a lottery? He might not get Connor. So Bedard. we will be enjoying a lunch with Stewart. With Stewart at some point. Stewart, so, reach out to Michael. Yep, we'll set that up. Uh, enjoy a sunny lunch at the Seven Saturdays Tap Room. I got to make sure that Stewart actually lives in North Carolina. We do not play for plane, t- plane tickets. No, we do not. We could send you a sandwich from Seven Saturdays. We'll send you a picture of Mike and I eating. <laughs> How great would that be? I thought he lived here. <laughs> he might. I don't know. Oh, there he is. There's Stuart. It was fun, though. He was great. Uh, it was a great league. It was. We'll do it again next year. Yeah, we will. I'm I'm going to need you to... You know, t- some things might get passed in the next few months that we'll be playing for something a lot different. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to need you to... <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Shane R. <laughs> Send it. <laughs> I don't know. Show me the money. (laughs) If this happens and we're going to play for money, I'm going to need you to control the waiver wire insanity. (laughs) Say it with me. No. Good. There were a couple of people who I picked up, and I'm like, this guy's going to be a solid pickup for the week, and they were gone in a day. (laughs) Didn't like his night. (laughs) (laughs) I only get seven moves for the week. They were cones. All right. Uh, the playoffs are here. It's the best time of the year. We will try to. This is the one thing that we want everybody who listens to Kane's cast to understand. We try to do a podcast every week, but this is the time of year where travel schedules, just things get crazy for Shane, for me. Uh, we will be on the road for uh, a lot of these playoff games. So like Wednesday when we would normally do a podcast, it is going to be a, a playoff game day. Those are insane. We will try to do one after game two. Can't make a promise. Yeah, before we fly out. Yeah. Thursday morning. So cannot promise, but we'll do our best to deliver that and give you uh, all of the update through the postseason, and we'll try to have guests throughout the postseason as well here. But uh, thank you so much for – Thank you. I don't know why I say that. We have Justin to say it for us. Yeah, we got a button. But it's a a situation where we appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast and uh, hangs around with us. So with that said, Shane – Round one of the playoffs coming up. You get the last word. Oof.
Brains running slow. We talked about Canes in five. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do here with it. What are you looking for? What are you interested in? I don't know. Game one. Just trying to get through this. What do you weekend. What do you need? What do you need the fans in game one to do? How about that? Oh, well, the Canes wear shirts around the locker room. Says Cat Five. Obviously, you want to get to a Category Five. I don't know if there's a six, but I'd like to see it. To you, Hurricanes fans, let's turn it up to eleven. Thank you. <laughs>